comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. So much for your advice on complimenting Penny. Why? What happened? She tried to rope us into going to her acting class to see a play. Don't worry. Luckily, I had the good sense to drown that kitten in the river. (laughs) Episode 310. The moon with the rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half hour wasted. And on tonight's episode, I predict we will have the best guest ever. Welcome to the show, Johnny M and from then, LOD. And then Frank didn't do a story coming out of the open. <laughs> yeah. What's up, fellas? Johnny, good what to hear up? from you. Do we all talk like this? This episode would be awesome. What up? I'm going to feel like a bosom buddy, though. This hey, Johnny. Going on too long Hi. I appreciate you guys sticking with me. I have had some scheduling snafus for... Several attempts at this show. I, uh, I get it. This get has it, been. This show has been epic in the making. In that uh, we've been trying to do this since December, Brad. And by epic, he means a pain in the butt. Yeah. It's amazing what a letdown the show is going to be, considering the length that we've gone to to produce it. I think we had first tried to do it in January, maybe. We had been talking about this is our prediction show last year. Our wrap up show. Our wrap up show. We're going to cover the predictions we made last year in episode two fifty one. And we meant to do this back in December, January, and then we were going to have a prediction show after that with someone else. Hey, Johnny. Yes. What up? <laughs> oh, oh, can I pull back the curtain? You, you probably, I don't know how many you've recorded tonight, but uh, it is Valentine's Day. Eight. Yeah, we're and, not, we're not and, talking about that. Well, I would like to say that what's what says romance more than for forty year olds talking about Batman? <laughs> you well, just that's I, that's the best uh, best that's that's the best I could ever expect to do on the fourteenth. Today's also my dad's birthday. It's too. Thursday. Oh yeah, it's Frank's birthday. It's my dad's birthday. Frank's dad's birthday. There's a big happy difference. birthday, Frank's dad. And you know what we didn't do last week? What's that? We didn't acknowledge. Bill's birthday. Oh, that's right. Whatever. Bill's birthday. When you hear this, will be will have already happened. I'm so deep into my midlife crisis now. I just don't even want to acknowledge it. So, Bill, how will you be celebrating your birthday? Uh, with 45 spankings. Mm. I am mm. not volunteering for that. I'm gonna have to pay someone to do it. So that sucks. But, uh, <laughs> whatever. I got a number. Talk yeah. to me after the show. I know. I'm just. You know. I, I know. There's. There's people that can help you. That kind of thing. They're in the. They're in the back of the the local, you know, the, the, the free server. the free paper that you can pick up at like record stores and stuff. So I'm just going to call one of them. Back in so it's gonna about a year ago, perhaps I'm not sure when. I mean, I can no, ask over the professor, I guess, but I just probably will just go ahead and pay someone to do it. Okay. Yeah. Episode two fifty one, we made predictions, the four of us, and some came true and some didn't. Yes. And so we are going to. So tell me who won. Who well, won you know what? what? We will we will decide who won at the end of this. Will we? You got to yeah. keep track. Okay. Okay. I'll keep. All track. right. We're gonna go. Um, do you need a scratch pad? We're gonna nah. do like we did last time. We each did one prediction. We went round mm-hmm. robin. Yes. So um, we're gonna start with John since John's the guest of honor. Okay. Yes. John's first prediction was that the New Orleans Saints would beat New England in. Uh, the 2012 Super Bowl. John, did that happen or not? No. <laughs> That's What was that score? We need to look that it's up. tough. But Wrong. it is not my fault that the Saints cheated. And <laughs> wait a minute. Really? We made this oh, prediction right. before last 
before last year's Super Bowl. That's correct. The one that took place in uh, January of 2012. It was was a couple of weeks. So it was probably playoff time when we made the predictions. Right. Oh, okay. Then that was just wrong. Yeah, it was. (laughs) Who was in the Super Bowl? The Giants and somebody. The New uh, Giants Patriots. And... I think it was yeah. the Patriots. Yeah. Yes, it was. I yeah. yes, it was. I was trying to lead you guys. The the Patriots beat the Giants. Get, no, uh-uh, no, we got kids. No, we got kids. Don't. We got dots in here. The uh, the Giants upset the Patriots uh, twice the Super Bowl uh, in a span of four years. Again, in case you missed it, Johnny M is wrong. Ah, oh, it's a drag. That's why you never predict sports. I got one of the teams right. Okay. Sure. Well, we're <laughs> Bills. So was that last year's? We were predicting the, the 12 Super Bowl, not the 13? That's correct. Okay. All right. Because we did it. Um, a this few... year, I predict it will be. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Too first late. ever meeting of brothers. Too late for that. It will be an amazing event. Bill's first prediction was that DC will outpace Marvel in units sold in 2012. That's a good one. Now that is an honest. Were we ever able to? Yeah, were you able to confirm that? Uh, let's see. Not yet, but I'm working on it. Okay, we will move on to the next one in the list while you're working on that. My first prediction was that the new Avengers comic will be canceled after Brian Michael Bendis leaves the Avengers titles. At the time, we were told that he was going to leave the Avengers titles, but we did not know it was because of Marvel. Now, so. I got that right by default. <laughs> it was canceled. A, a W is a W, Brad. It was canceled after he left, but it wasn't canceled because he left. Right. So. That's lame. Yeah. I'll take it. Like Frank said, I'll take that one. Okay. So um, uh, as of my, I'm going to guess that I was wrong okay. uh, on mine because on November 9th of last year, um. Marvel had retaken market share from DC. Um, uh, October DC's market share fell from 36.4 to 31.5, while Marvel's rose from 31 to 35.5, turning a 5.5 point deficit for Marvel into a 4.5 point lead. That is a 10% turnaround. Yeesh. Wait a minute. On volume market share, Marvel went from 33.5 to 40. While DC fell from 41 to 34 and a half. So Bill gets this. Yeah, dang it. And Brad gets this. No, we don't know. I mean, uh, they could have pulled it out in December, but it's doubtful. Frank's first prediction was Newt Gingrich will be the Re- Republican vice presidential candidate. Yes. Hmm. It was actually Paul Ryan. Paul Lind. The, uh, that would have been much funnier. <laughs> Paul Reiser would have been much funnier. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Give me Paul Lynn, man. That He made the center square <laughs> for years. Kids these days don't know what we're talking about. No. You know what, kids? Go watch some game show network. Get back to us when you feel more well-rounded as an individual. You know, the one thing I do have to give Paul Ryan was he was the good-looking, uh, handsome uh, yes, uh, uh, guy, Virile. you know the candidate that all the ladies could love. He did have that one little snafu about um, that uh, was that was Representative Weiner, <coughs> not no. Paul Ryan. <laughs> uh, Paul Ryan, he uh, <laughs> he had claimed to run a marathon in like some crazy amount of time. Yeah, like it was in, like like in thirty four minutes. <laughs> yeah, like a twenty six mile. You do the, yeah, 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 you do the math, and he was actually running at thirty one miles an hour the whole way. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Which is amazing. I mean, that's impressive. I mean, I I would be impressed by anybody who could do that. Okay, so that's right amazing. now, score. I'm not right? even mad. Let's see. Let's get these scores now. Yes. Google Documents is not letting me edit. No. What's up with well, this? Well, that's that's not cool, man. That's exactly oh, what Google is Docs is supposed to be for. Yeah, okay. So, Bill. Mm-hmm. Wait. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm, Hold on. I know I'm own one. Brad. Johnny's own one. Johnny. One. Frank. I went out on a limb, though, man. I predicted that DC would outsell Marvel. Are we um, are we in like a speed thing here, or safe. can we comment on? No uh, comment. We, no, we dude. Comment. This show is one giant filibuster. So bring we it. We comment. 
a year later, uh, besides Batman, which I know is kicking butt, what in the new 52 has succeeded um, and held the good only, numbers? The only titles that are really keeping DC afloat right now are Green Lantern, Batman, Justice League. Everything else... Uh, Green Lantern, really. And they didn't change Rob, that at all, right? They just kind of continued yeah. what was going on. According to Rob Correct. Liefeld, uh, the entire boat is sinking except for those three titles. So, well, I, I, I don't know... I don't I know how to feeling, quantify that. I don't I know what those numbers are. Green Lantern is going to start falling because it's it's been announced that Jeff Johns is leaving with issue twenty. Oh dear. Yeah. Issue twenty. So I think I think less well, people will even, start to care. Is it even Hal Jordan or is it that new Beck guy well, or Bag? Hal Jordan or and Sinestro name? apparently are still on a mission. Okay. Baz, Baz. is the newest Green Lantern from Earth, and he's angry. Yeah. You know, I have to say that uh, I have really kind of dropped off the DC wagon, uh, kind of comic books overall, and I'm picking and choosing just what I read. I think the last thing I read was a was a super was an action comic, but I'm struggling to kind of remember what that was. I am. Um, I'm finding this. I I've reflected on this a couple times in the last couple of months, and it kind of makes me go when I actually think about it, because I've gone from somebody who is very DC-centric. And uh, I, I felt the DC universe kind of going stale right before the New 52 hit. And I thought the New 52 was very interesting. And uh, I was very into it uh, the first few months. Um, then all of a sudden, I didn't, didn't have enough money to buy comics anymore, so I stopped. When I came back, um, by that point, I said, okay, just buy Legion and Fantastic Four. So I started getting those two titles apiece, so four titles total. And I've kind of crept back into uh, getting, um, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, uh, Bendis flip-flopping with um, uh, Hickman. Because now that Hickman is writing the Avengers, I'm, I'm hooked. I, I, cannot, I cannot avoid stuff that Hickman writes. You know, I'm, It'd be like Frank Herbert coming out with a new book, which would be a heck of a trick right now. I'm, I'm looking at, I'm on this website called Comicron. Yes. And looking at the stats, overall okay. units sold for thir- uh, for 12. Okay. Marvel had 36. What, million? Uh, percent of the market. Oh, okay. DC had 34. Ooh, it was a pretty close. And <clears throat> now here's where it gets kind of, oh, never mind. Overall dollar amounts, mm-hmm. uh, Marvel's had 33% of the, of the total market share as opposed to DC's Twenty nine percent of the okay. of the financial. Now in the top three hundred of sales. No, and of course DC DC uh, had eighty two titles, while Marvel only had sixty three. So I think Marvel's higher dollar amount, yeah, ended uh, ended up working for them in the long run because many of Marvel's titles are three ninety nine, and only a handful of DC's titles are three ninety nine. Although um, DC has clearly not held the line. In no. Well, no, they kind of they've kind of walked away from that. Yeah, you don't They're see walking that. Walking the line. You don't see that proudly emblazoned upon the tops of their comics anymore, do you? Um, which, you know, I mean, who who cares? I I still think it's amazing that um, comics back in 1999, and I think you know, I think we can all agree that comics are, are overpriced, um, but. Comics back in the late 90s were $2.95. And so basically the price of comics have really not gone up hardly at all in 13, 14 years now, which, which is pretty stunning. Um, and considering you know, inflation, you know, a loaf of bread costs a heck of a lot more now than it did you know, 15 years ago. I think that you know, comics have, have really kind of had, have held the line. It's amazing. Except for the three ninety nine <clears throat> titles. But you average it out and uh you know, so um it's just I, I can't imagine, you know, being back in the, the mid nineties or whatever and paying three bucks a comic and going, that's eh, okay. Yeah, but gas was a dollar eighty. Yeah, so and, and you I had guess, extra change in your pocket. <laughs> I don't know I don't know how far after the uh the, the great implosion of the speculator market that was. I I think that was what, mid nineties? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, mid nineties. So they probably bottomed out, but the prices didn't come back down. Weird how that works. Um, yeah, I, uh, I just I'm shocked at, at how little I'm caring about the DC products right now, and I don't know if that's uh, me just being intellectually lazy or DC failing to hold my attention 
Yeah. Um, probably a little of each, but I'm going to give more credit to DC. So you had mentioned back in 1990s, you were talking about how much a comic book cost. The late what, 90s. Late 90s, so we'll say 97. I found an infl- yeah. uh, an inflation calculator. How much okay. were comics back then? Uh, say they were 295 So in what today's are you dollars, to do exactly? Uh, 295 back <clears throat> back in... 2012 was equivalent to four dollars and twenty two cents so today. You, you could argue that price of comics has gone down. Uh, That's kind of what I was saying. Yeah, I mean, in my roundabout way, they're I've gone cross-eyed trying yeah. to figure that out. But <laughs> I don't blame you. I would too. But and that and that's from a government website. So I mean, that's so so. Comic so it books must are be still, true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so comic books essentially are still priced to. At a good price, even though we don't see it that way. Which, of course, a good price is extremely relative. Um, but the idea that you know, I, the idea that comics haven't uh, gone up to uh, you know five bucks a pop, I think, is borderline shocking to me. Along the line, that same line of thought. Okay. Frank's next prediction: Digital yes. comics will be a little cheaper, about fifty cents on same day release. Okay. Okay, yeah. By the, just, just for example sake, sorry. One last, uh, one last thing. Uh, DC One Million uh, issue one of the miniseries published in November of nineteen ninety eight was a two dollar ninety five cent comic. Okay. Now, I don't know if that was a higher price because it was an event or not, mm. but a comic in nineteen ninety eight going for two dollar ninety five cent. So now, are we getting better quality for our two ninety nine or oh. three ninety nine now than in the late nineties? Well, yeah, because if nothing else, uh, the coloring has improved so much. I mean, the, the the process of coloring comics, the the digitization of the colorization process, has really turned comics um, almost well, into a work of art when they're done right. Well, now let's talk about the quantifiable or the stories themselves are we getting better stories now than we did back in the 90s how could we measure that you can't because it's subjective uh thank you i couldn't have said that better (laughs) myself um but i think the uh, the art um in general is uh is superior um i think you're seeing many different art styles um you know up until this last up until the the early 2000s i think um you know art was very very similar um you know i mean back in the back in the 60s everything kind of looked like kurt swan and in the 70s everything kind of looked like uh mike grell and in the you know grell slash um neil adams and you know in the 80s uh um you know who who's the who's the, uh, the 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 prime art guy of the 80s uh i don't know who did John Byrne? Who did Spawn? Yeah, yeah, thank you. Burn. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. And then in the nineties everything kinda of looked like the image stuff. Leaf Liefeld and, and McFarlane and you know. Okay. Um and then the two thousands I think you started seeing a real blossoming where comics didn't have to have a certain look. Um it all seems, of a sudden there's still a house look. Yeah. And for the most part, but uh I mean there are there are always going to be exceptions to any rule. So I, I'm not trying to, to blow what your argument out of the water. I think you're, wait, wait, you're essentially so right. what is the exception to that rule? Okay, well, the exception to the rule, um, the, that, uh, the art there, in D.C. No, wait, wait. What is the exception to there's an exception to every rule? In if D- that's a rule. Okay, I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> I'm going to answer your previous question. Uh, the exception to the rule in <clears throat> D.C. is Animal Man. The exception to that rule in Marvel is the, uh, the All Reds on F.F. Okay, because those are far from mainstream looks, you know. And I, I um, yeah, I don't know that uh, you would have gotten away with a a mainstream title uh, with a look that is that stylized and that far off the 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 norm, you know, the 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 normal beaten path of of you know the house look. Um, so you know, uh, I do. I do give comics a lot of credit for their artwork. I, I do honestly think that, you know, you can, if you think that the writing equals literature, then uh, the artwork certainly is worthy of considering it art. Um, it, yeah, it's odd. I've, I've been reading a lot of back issues lately, and it's just, you know, I've read the, the, the X-Men, Dark Phoenix run, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and the difference between just the coloring 
You know, you still had to, you know, Burn and Austin, you know, incredibly competent art, but the coloring was so different just because of the process they had to go through that it just, it looks not cartoonish, but it, it's not the same product anymore. Gotcha. So anyway, all right. Okay. Frank's next prediction was digital comics will be a little cheaper on same day release, about 50 cents, he says. Isn't you mean cheaper than the hard copy or just right. cheaper than they were? Okay. Cheaper. You go into a store, buy a physical comic, yep. it's two ninety nine, you buy it online, it's two forty nine. To my That's knowledge, that has not happened. That yet. has not happened. Well, do you have to start with proposition one that you can get a digital comic same day release? Because that wasn't <coughs> guaranteed when we made our predictions. Uh, well, I mean, that's what my prediction said, is same-day digital will be cheaper. So so it was a two-part prediction then, that, well, that there will be same-day release there was, I think of there digital. Was, I think there was some same-day release there? back Okay, then. all right. I think that happened back in September of 11, if okay. I remember correctly, because that was a big news announcement that DC was okay. going. Same. Now, it, it doesn't seem like that long ago that the comic, uh, the LCSs went, you're going to kill us! Mm-hmm. But maybe it was. John, do you buy a lot of same-day digital comics? Um, I'm not buying a lot of comics, period, but I'm buying more digital than print. I'm not buying, I haven't bought any print since the summer. Interesting. Is it just simply because you can throw it on your pad and, and it's incredibly portable, or because you don't care about the collector's value, or both? Well, okay. Uh, I mean, obviously, you can, you can buy a comic uh, sitting at your cube at work or in your bed at midnight, uh, as opposed to having to drive to the LCS, um, yeah, there, there's certainly some alert of that. There is, um, <clears throat> there's also the advantage of Mondays and some other days. I don't know what DC does, but there's those 99 cent days, yeah, where they just sell back issues for 99 cents for 24 hours, and you know that's a great way just to, you know, grab 10 comic books right there, and Absolutely. it's easy and cheap and. And pretty fantastic. Yeah, grab the 41-issue collection of uh, DC 1 million, possibly, kind of thing. I also feel like if if it's a comic that you really like, there's always a better version coming out than <laughs> floppies. Yeah. So it's not to say that I don't like physical books anymore. Like, I love my Hellboy library edition hardcovers. Okay. Because they're ginormous and they're great looking and they're like a real book. So I just got into the one day I woke up and said, you know, this is my favorite comic. I have the floppies. I have the stupid hardcover that they put out first. Okay. And then they put out some better hardcover with more issues and it's bigger. So now I'm just skipping all of the previous versions, grabbing the digital. Ginormous. Yes. And if they ever do you know, the big collection of something that I really like, then I might just grab that. I had grabbed, um, it took me a long time to get all the Starmans in trade, and they weren't they weren't collected chronologically. So uh, the first three might have one through, you know, each one may have one through six, and then they may skip an issue because it wasn't relevant to that storyline, but oh, then geez. it would collect up in another one that would be miscellaneous. And but eventually I got them all, so I got all the issues with the exception of the zero issue, and um, it wasn't six months later that they announced the the uh, what that deluxe edition that that yeah. nice hardbound right. omnibus or something? Omnibus, trades, thank you. Two trades in every book. Yeah, or, and I was just like, oh man, I would have. Yeah, that would have been nice to have. But I had worked so hard that's to get so those. Lucasy of them to do that to you. Oh, they're always doing that. Always. Yeah, yeah I've. Uh, I've I've started to realize too, and I can't believe that that I'm the one that is thinking this. Um, just because I I never thought that I would put digital comics anywhere near the same, you know, on the same size pedestal as a uh, floppy. But I'm starting to think that uh, floppy uh, versus a digital comic is almost like a, a CD to a record. The reason you buy a floppy is almost more for the collector's value. Um, than it is to experience the comic, for me at least. Um, I, I found that I don't mind reading the digitals nearly as much. I, I wish uh, I wish tablets were um, with the size of a comic book page. Uh, it bugs me a little tiny bit that um, reading on my ten inch tab is uh, you know the page is noticeably smaller than a floppy. But you can get around that. I mean, you can zoom in if you if you just gotta. 
And, uh, you know, my eyes haven't gone that far yet. So I consider it uh, a very minor annoyance. But, um, you know, I, as I've insisted before, I don't think floppies are ever going to go away. Um, but it does seem like they're heading towards that area where, you know, not that it's going to be speculation, but, you know, you really do kind of have to be a collector to go get them these days. You're not necessarily just going to pop in because, hey, you want to see what's new this week. I mean, you're probably going to go into an LCS with a mission as opposed to just kind of wandering in to kill some time. Uh, and, unless, of course, the, the store is good enough that it creates a culture of just come in, hang out, chew the fat, and, you know, uh, grab a couple books while you're here. You know. As okay. far as Frank's prediction uh, goes, uh, it was this. Okay, so oh, that is too bad. The next one, uh, tangentially related to this discussion, is from John. A low-level publisher will go all digital. Hmm. John, to your knowledge, has that happened? Yes. Really? Well, no comic publisher has done that. Uh, <laughs> I don't believe liar. I said comic. I think I said publisher. I, well, I believe, John, you said low-level publisher. I believe the inference was comic books, sir. I I'm gonna give it to Johnny. I think he should get it because it Why, was a big Frank? it was a big leap for and what we're talking about is Newsweek. Newsweek decide uh, announced mid 2012 about that they were no longer gonna do print editions. And as of December of this year, they they put out the hashtag last print edition. And uh, if you guys never saw it, it was it was a neat edition. I almost we, bought it yeah. actually, and then I thought, why? Yeah, I'm well, just gonna put it in a box. <laughs> <laughs> in the top of the closet with the 911 magazines I still have. Yeah. It, it was it was interesting to just look at the history in their time frame and how they covered stories and stuff like that. They did they did a really nice job, but now Newsweek is all digital and So does he get one of these by default? I would say by default. Has it folded yet? Yes. What? Has Newsweek no. closed up shop yet? No. They're okay. they're going to thrive under the new Everybody gets that one. That amazes me. That really <laughs> amazes me. I mean, I, I know that the cutting down trees and printing three million copies when you're only going to sell one point seven million is a bad business model, but it still is amazing to me that we have gotten to the point where you can run a publishing empire in just a digital realm. I guess that's the power of Kindle Fires and tabs and ultra books and you know. Have you heard this and nonsense? That. And I want to. I don't want to get off into a tangent. Yeah, this could be its own episode, but this nonsense about I think it was Amazon. Or another online uh, entity is going to start selling used copies. Of yes, digital. used ebooks. Used ebooks. I saw Thank that. You. How is that even possible? Um, oh, oh no. D, D, uh, DMR, DMNR, or what, a digital rights man. DRM. DRMs. I mean, they're they're just going to buy those. That's probably the it. most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of in my entire yeah. life. Mm. Um, a lot. Of, a lot of people thought that you know. Adding sound video to pictures games. was the dumbest thing. Oh, yeah. video games. Sorry. That's what video it is. Video games are going there, too. Um, it's Amazon has a patent to sell used ebooks. Okay. Um, which I'm not sure how that works, first, but whatever. I mean, when you look at it on the surface, it's like this has got to be a joke, right? Yeah, I'm still convinced it is. There was a um, there. There's a great... Somebody's I, working really early on their April Fool's joke. They... I heard this great story, and I kind of want to believe it. Of someone is flirting with the idea of selling ebooks by the page. So you, so if you read the whole book, you pay the ten ninety nine. If you only read the first twenty pages and hate it, you pay two point two cents, one seven cents, right? Hmm. And that's kind of cool to me. I kind of, I kind of dig that because how many times have you bought a book, started it, and go, ah? Oh, Screw well, it! You could, you could. <laughs> I, that has happened to me on several occasions. Yeah. Uh, when I used to buy CDs, I thought I'd love this next CD from this band I like, and turns out it, I didn't care for it, and I'm out ten bucks. Yeah, yeah. You know, thankfully with iTunes, I can preview a song. I can buy. I can spend dollar twenty nine and listen to the next uh, Black Crows song if I so choose, and if I like it, then I'll go pick up their new album. You know, okay. but uh, anyway. All right. Um, have you? Can I jump? I want to jump in. Yeah, you're back on have, track. I you promise. have to back jump in, John. <laughs> You've listened to this show for five years. You have to jump in. It's it's back on track. Have you guys checked out or are you aware of the DC digital only books? I know of them. Have not seen them. Excuse me. Yeah, this it's is news. It's kind of like they're trying out this model that we're talking about for 
they they put out dollar issues of uh, there's Batman Beyond, there's Justice League Beyond, there's Legends of the Dark Knight, uh, the Arrow that is sort of the TV universe Arrow, and there's one or two others I think that I might be forgetting. And they're they're a dollar a digital issue. They're not like a full size comic. They're like the equivalent of uh, I don't know how many pages, but not a full size comic. They all work horizontally on your tab. So like you'll never it is the right size. You don't have to Interesting. zoom in or, or move it around. And then what they do is they collect them and put them out in print. So it's almost like oh, they're geez. trying out the model of we're gonna go all digital and then see if more people buy a big collection of these rather than single issues. So do you get them through comicology? Yep, Comixology has them. If you go into the DC section, uh, it might say digital exclusive. I think that's how they bill it. And definitely Batman Beyond, definitely uh, Justice League Beyond and Arrow and Legends of the Dark Knight. I know that for sure. That's pretty cool. And they're just a buck, so you can like try it. Eh, I don't like this arc. I'm going to wait until it's over and spend a buck on the next arc. They come out pretty regularly too. They, I'm gonna say they run weekly. Some of them run weekly. I know. I know. Legends of the Dark Knight was running weekly. Now, have you been reading them? I have read. I read like the first six or seven Legends of the Dark Knight, and they were pretty good. I was enjoying it, but it was very easy to fall behind being weekly, and then I just sort of like forgot about it. But like I said, I'm not really reading a lot right now in comics anyway. But okay. uh, it was good, and I know Russell. Uh, swears by the Batman Beyond and the Justice League Beyond. That's cool. Thanks for turning me on to that. I'm Wait a minute, Justice League Beyond is what? Is digital only? Are you yeah. saying yeah. digital only? They're a buck a piece for like the mini issues. Okay. And uh, there's a bunch of them. I mean, the, the Legends of the Dark Knight started it. I think I have a lot of false information. Oh, that's cool. Tonight, but, well, I, uh, I just so there, there are a bunch of issues in on it. I just I, I eat up that uh, that that. That in the future of the universe you enjoy kind of stuff. Uh, that's why I like Section Thirty One Star Trek so much, and uh, um, yeah, I love Batman Beyond. And dude, if there's a freaking Justice League Beyond, oh yeah, um, I even uh, enjoyed um, Next Avengers. Uh, yeah, that's great. I yeah. love that. Um, I just I've always been one of those people that that tell me what happens in the future. I think one of my favorite issues uh, uh, of any comic I've read uh, in the last probably year. Was um, gosh, was it Fantastic Four issue six oh five? I think maybe six oh six or seven, where um, uh, Reed and Ben Grimm, uh, no, sorry, Reed uh, went forward into the future with who was it? Was it Johnny Johnny Storm? Um, it's been I've, I've only read it. Uh, I only read it the one time, and that was when it was released uh, months ago. But they end up going into the future uh, like six thousand years or something. And uh, you get to see, you know, what the Earth is like, you know, periodically over the course of like the next six thousand years. Uh, the one, um, uh, the one constant is that Ben Grimm somehow is still around, and the explanation they give is kind of cool. Um, the uh, uh, the kids, the Future Foundation, um, Valeria, and uh, the others, they create a, a serum for Ben, which allows him to turn human for one week every year, and Reed. Uh, says he realized at some point that um, due to the due to the complexities of the formula they gave him, he only ages during that one week every year. So he's still around like thousands of years later, which is kind of an interesting concept. And by the time he's you know you're you're far 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 off into the future when he's on his deathbed, uh, he has this uh, he has this this rocky this this orange rocky beard. It's kind of cool. It's almost a uh, it's almost like the uh, the the Hulk the the master. What was that? Uh, the maestro? Was that it? The maestro. Yeah, it was almost that kind of thing. It was cool. There's also Superman Beyond Frank. If you're looking at those uh, one dollar. Yeah, I think uh, when I get home, I'll probably buy them on my tab. You know, I've got the first floppy issue of Superman Beyond, and uh, I always wonder what happened to it because I love the concept. So yeah, I'm gonna have to uh, go check that out too. Bill's next prediction was. There would be a new ongoing Star Trek show not produced by Rick Berman. Yeah. Well, I think didn't happen. I think I I used the caveat that I didn't necessarily think it was gonna I didn't want to predict it, 
I just hoped so hard that it would. Yeah, I know. But I'll, I'll take, uh, you know, I'll take, I'll take, take full hit. responsibility. My next prediction was that gas would reach $4 a gallon. And in some parts of the country, it did. In our neck of the woods, regular unleaded, I don't believe... I don't, I don't no. think it ever, did. ever got no. over super, $3.99. Super unleaded. Super unleaded. Which is 30 cents more expensive. Don't yeah. get me started on that. Right. Um, I was refer- did hit four bucks. I, I was referring to regular unleaded. Yeah. Uh, John, what's the highest gas ever got in, uh, in uh, Long Island? Wow. During Hurricane Sandy, I paid $4.15 for regular unleaded. That's it? Yeah, wow. Or uh, was the government it, it really cracking around, down on gougers? It hangs around. Uh, I think I'm at 385 right now, and it, it skirts the four. I've hit, you know, we hit like 408 a couple of times during the year, and then it'll drop back down. And Jeez. hasn't gotten lower than like 380 in a long time, though. You know, earlier last year we we had hit like two two eighty nine. I think I paid for gas for one point. Uh, it got low. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it did drop down below three dollars. Yeah, briefly. And it's back up to uh, uh, almost three fifty a gallon here right now. Again, don't get me started. So, how are we going to measure that? Well, I mean, I think it's I, a win. You know, you know, it I, did get tec- to four dollars. I mean, it, technically, but to it be did. fair, it was over four dollars for me when you made that prediction. Okay, so so I we was, had to, so let's measure it for Texas. Well, I was referring to you know where we lived our lives so i'm going to i'm going to say no that it didn't happen as, and so i'm going to give myself a a buzzer okay yes. all right um <laughs> frank's next prediction was that uh hewlett packard will would drop the web os uh operating system completely do you know if that happened? Well, they. I'm going to say that is a win for me because I think it was today or yesterday that HP announced that they were coming out with a new tablet with Android on it. Okay, so, so we'll they are not. Yeah, so they are not going to WebOS. They're not acknowledging it. It's gone. All right, we'll give that one to you. Um, John's third and final prediction was. Either The Dark Knight Rises or The Avengers will be a quote-unquote disappointment based on a under 60% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And obviously that is... Bill looked them up earlier. Bill, can you... Uh, I've got them right here. Can, thank you. What are um, those? Okay, the uh, the Avengers. Uh, the tomato meter is... Uh, I think it's pronounced the critics? tomatomer. Tomatomer? Yes. Um, okay, uh, there is a, a slight difference. Toma daughter. Yeah. <laughs> um, you stay away from my daughter. Um, all critics gave the Avengers a 92%, which seems sky high. The top critics, whatever that means, gave it an 84%. Okay. Which is still pretty awesome. Both okay. figures above 60%. Yeah. I don't know if the you know, audience, realize this or not. The audience gave it a, a virtually perfect 96% off of 450,000 ratings. Okay. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, now, the top critics, uh, 38 said fresh, 7 said rotten, uh, just for uh, just for the sake of sake. Um, the uh, So Johnny's last chance to get this right is The Dark Knight Rises. And The Dark Knight Rises came in at... Drumroll? No? I should just say it? No, I no should click? Just, yeah. I should just get on with it? Yeah. That was a spectacular clip. Um, Dark Knight Rises came in. I I would have figured. By the way, do you think that that the Dark Knight Rises would have a a higher or a lower tomato meter re- rating? I would think low. I would think lower. Really? Yeah. See, I was I was almost positive that the the tomatoes would give the Dark Knight Rises a higher rating because it was done by Christopher Nolan and it was more highbrow. And it was, but it was also uh, the third one, and it had to live up to the Dark Knight. Returns, well, but everybody one, said Dark, Dark Knight. Knight. This was Dark Knight. this was like the 2011 Red Sox. Everybody thought this was going to be the greatest movie ever put out in in the medium. You know, everybody thought this was going to be the greatest superhero movie ever put out. Uh, there were so many people, and and the Avengers was going to be fluff. You know, so what was the rating? The rating, 
was 87% by all critics and 92% via the audience, which uh, I thought was pretty amazing. Uh, Now, it does come down a noticeable amount. Top critics gave The Dark Knight Rises a mere 76%. Um, still though, um, above 60, above yeah, 60. in most cases, yeah. 76 is above 60. And again, the audience, uh, had a 92%, uh, liked it rating and again, 450,000 votes, almost the exact same number of votes as the Avengers. So there's no sample size irregularity there. Um, so I think you can, you can clearly say that, that those numbers are, uh, are, are valid relative to each other. Uh, so Johnny, Johnny gets. I'm going to skip Bill's next prediction and jump right to mine because it's uh, tangentially related. Okay. Men in Black Three makes more money than the Avengers movie. <laughs> we need to look. We need to look up what the dollar amounts are. Just out of curiosity, Bill, yes. can you uh, give us a tomatometer rating for Men in Black Three? Absolutely. Um, I personally I also, en- enjoyed Men in Black Three very much. I so also I. want to. Um, I want truly to uh, congratulate you on your uh, second use of the word tangential tonight. Thank um, you. I'm very impressed by that. Uh, let's see. Okay, I tried to put MIB in there, and it didn't want to do it, so I'm going to actually type in Men in Black 3. Uh, Frank, give us a score update. Oh, okay. As of right now, Brad has one right, two wrong. John... <laughs> has one right and two wrong. Frank has one right and two wrong. And Bill has none right. Oh, Out of how many? Out of two. You have two out of two. You still have one. Let's go ahead and... I'm 0 for 2? No, let's, let's go ahead and do your third this one. This game stinks. We'll go back to me. Um, oh, by, do you want the you tomato like to meter? The box office numbers for those two movies. Yeah, I was just bringing them okay, up. Go ahead. What do you have? If you do Men in Black, I'll do Avengers. Well, let's hear the let's hear the tomato meter ratings first. Men in Black three tomato meter meeting was seventy percent audience okay. seventy two and top critics gave it a mere sixty eight percent. That surprises me. I realized that it was a just a fun movie and didn't really have an axe to grind or agendas to uh, put out, but. Uh, I thought Men in Black 3, I can make a case for it being uh, easily my favorite of the series. I thought it was really good. It had a feel-good ending. I, I, well, I really I really I enjoyed too. the movie. Josh Brolin was fantastic. Oh, dang, yes. Um, okay, box let's talk office. budget. Johnny, what, what do you do Men in Black? How much Domestic did it make? Domestic gross uh, slightly over $179 million. That's it, huh? Wow, it does uh, seem low. Avengers box office as of September uh, 2012. Six hundred and twenty-three million. Wow, is that Brad domestic? Was, or? Brad was very wrong. Avengers. So I, I think the Avengers, worldwide, worldwide yeah, Avengers topped a billion. Yeah, worldwide. no, worldwide. Worldwide. we're talking domestic. Okay. How much did uh, Men in Black Three make worldwide? I will have to click this then. I will have and to click that. And domestic, uh, its production budget was two hundred twenty-five million, so it did not make its money back wow. in the United States. Wow. But worldwide, it made six hundred and twenty-four million. Which is roughly what the Avengers made just in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. That's Johnny, crazy. you could. Pro- I'm having trouble finding that. You well, could probably find the Avengers worldwide. Yes, faster. I can. Worldwide, one billion five hundred eleven million seven hundred fifty-seven thousand. You mean it made one point five billion billion dollars? And they thought that uh, you have to say that with your pinky curled <laughs> up at the corner yes. of your mouth too. I do. That's. That's eight hundred and eighty-eight million foreign Jeez. added to the six hundred twenty-three million domestic. Well, the rest of the world's really letting us down because there's only three hundred million of us in America, and there's six point eight billion people in the rest of the world, and we dang near outsold them. That that proves how much better we are than they are. They heard they heard Captain America was going to get killed. Yeah. <laughs> Bill's last prediction was that Mitt Romney would lose to Obama in the presidential election. That is a bing. So How did that work out? That's uh, so far. That's yeah. one apiece for each of us. I'm, I'm not right. sure. I'm not sure that worked out well for the nation and the world. Um, agendas, but, agendas but in your my, back pocket. Uh, no, I said agendas I'm not. Back I said I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not on a screed here. I'm not on a rant. But. 
since I'm here, <laughs> let me screed. Bill, uh, Frank had one last prediction. Frank made four. The rest of us made three. Netflix will hit a wall because of losing the Stars license. I would say that's probably a. Eh. No, that, is a, a that is wrong. That's a big ant. Eh. Netflix. Uh, they just they just released House of Cards, which apparently has been a huge, huge hit, and I can't yeah. wait to watch it. And the Arrested Development series mm-hmm. is coming out this summer. And um, they just, gosh, they just signed a deal with Warner Brothers. They just added right. uh, Jackass One to their nice. playlist. Hey, uh, I did notice I that uh, that they added. Oh, uh, and they got all the uh, Disney exclusive stuff starting next year. In, I think. Yeah. Um, they also uh, just added for your viewing pleasure um, uh, Star Trek's uh, two and three. Nice. Are now Netflixable. I'd like to watch number three because I've yeah. yet to find that Blu ray. I can't find that Blu ray. Which one? Uh, Star Trek three. I really? can't find. I can't find it on Blu-ray. Oh, oh, you mean you cannot? Okay, you can't. I might find be able it. to. I can't find it. Like when, uh, like at Christmas time when yeah. everything's stocked. I okay, I could never find it. Dang, it's um, too bad. We're uh, lousy predictors, obviously. Well, one out of three is not bad. I would say. I mean, that's a that's a. Thirty-three percent. That's thirty-three percent. That's according to your sixty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, that were still a disappointment. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty impressed that we even got one right. Well, we each kind of had like those yeah. given tangentially. To us. I really given to us. I really thought my comic book thing was uh, in Money in the Bank, and um, I thought the uh, the the political uh, one was just obvious. So. I'm really bummed out I didn't get two right. What you going to do, huh? Well, so, you know. What was that, 2000, 2012 ended up being really awesome for, like, geek stuff. You know, like, the Avengers and the Dark Knight both kicked ass. And yeah. Can I say ass? I guess I said it again. Yeah, um, you can. You're, you're getting very digital on us, by the way. It's oh, I'm sorry. because of your, your language, your awful blue language. Are you auto-tuning yourself? No. Is that any better? Maybe. Keep talking. Anyhow, uh, and 2013 looks like it's going to suck. Why? So, well, I, I disagree. I'm sour. The, the <laughs> Die Hard movie got killed. The new Aliens video game is getting killed. Uh, what uh. else is getting killed, Brad? Some things. Uh, the Stallone movie, Bullet to the Head, is killed. And by killed, you mean they're not performing well. This. Oh, they're, and nobody's going to see anything. Like, even the, um, the Schwarzenegger movie, The Last Stand, got, like, decent ratings, and I thought it was very good, but nobody went to see it. It made, like, $11 million. Expendables wow. 2, Expendables 2, Expendables 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by the way, John, I that did watch Expendables 2. Oh, was it? It's not near as entertaining as the first one. Oh, I like it better. Uh, yeah, and Johnny, I think you have to be careful at this time of the year. Uh, the first, the first quarter for movies, at least, is always a hit and miss, and a lot there's a lot of misses this time of year. So just wait to that next to that next quarter. Things are going to pick yeah. up. I think it's it's going to be a good year for geeks. Not as magical as last year because of the Avengers. But um, dude, there's a lot of stuff coming out this year, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, Iron right? Man Three and we Man did, of Steel. We but did I'm two not... episodes on on yeah. on movies coming out this year. Yeah, Star, uh, <laughs> Star Trek Into Darkness. I mean, there's a lot of geek stuff happening. I think it's going to be a good year, Johnny. I think it's going to be. Uh, we're, we may have to wait until dang near the summer gets here. But yeah, I think the summer is going to be chock full of uh, celluloid goodness. Did we talk about? Did we mention Die Hard? at all on the last episode that we did. Mm, I don't think we did. John and I both saw it. John and I both saw it today. And I'm going to see it this weekend. My opinion is it's a good action movie, but a lousy diehard movie. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting distinction to make. John, sum it up. Um, It was a poorly written good action movie. I don't. I don't know. I don't have a strong feeling about what a diehard movie should be, so that part didn't bother me. But there were parts of the dialogue where even I, the king of shutting your brain off for an action movie, <laughs> was like, "Wow, that was forced and poor." But the last half hour was awesome. It's got some outrageous action in it, which is which was cool. I mean, I wasn't bored or anything, but. I definitely rolled my eyes a couple times. The uh, oh, the Yippie line was that? Uh, would you say he that, didn't that even, was... he didn't even say it? Yes, he did. Oh, he did. He kind of whispered it one time. Yeah, you're right. He said it. 
he had a it. new catchphrase that he said at least four times. Oh, no. I'm and on vacation! Yeah, and it wasn't even... It was probably funny once out of the four times. Right. The the biggest laugh I've ever had while watching a <laughs> Die Hard movie happened in this movie, and I'm not going to tell Frank or Bill or the listeners what it is, because okay. it's very... You know what? It's very worth watching this movie because it's you know it's Bruce Willis. It's some crazy action scenes, and then the laugh that you get from this one particular scene. Just I was talking to John afterwards uh, on the phone about it, and I was I had tears running down my face because of the laughter that I experienced while watching this shot. It was just oh son, it was icing on the cake for me. You know, I'm I'm just I love that character and I kinda love that diehard universe. This and, and laugh was very John McLean. Let's great. just put it that way. Great. It was I don't John, you said you didn't know what a diehard movie was supposed to be. I'm gonna tell you and the listeners what a diehard movie is supposed to be. I, I recently watched all four of them. I like them. I actually do like number two's probably my least favorite, which is odd, but I liked all of them. And what happened in all four of these movies is John McClane found himself thrust into a situation where he was the only one left that could take care of the of the problem, okay? And he didn't go looking for trouble. He just happened to be there at the right time and was in the right situation to fix everything, okay? Dang it. He was the only one that could. He was smart enough to, to realize that there was an issue that nobody else was aware of. Well, in this movie, you didn't get that. You didn't... It was just like... There wasn't that... Oh, only John McClane... That feeling that only John McClane could make things right. You know? Um, Now, don't you think... I'm sorry, Brad. Don't you think that if they gave us that, there'd be the same number of critics going, it's the same movie all over again. I can I'm just going to watch Die Hard 1. It was a better one. At least it would have felt like a Die Hard movie. That's my critic voice. I like it. <laughs> yeah, the pompous. This one didn't feel like a Die Hard movie because it didn't have that, you know, that, that line in Die Hard 2 when he rescues his wife at the end. She's like, why is this always happening to us? I didn't feel that in this movie. There was a little speech uh, by... John McClane Sr. to John McClane Jr. Uh, that tried to fill that that requirement that to me felt it was too little too late. Again, I, it was a good action movie, but it didn't feel like a diehard movie. And I did like The Sun. I mentioned this to you before, and I don't remember who you said he was. His name I think is, you said he's in Jack Reacher. He was in Jack Reacher. He was a bad guy. Uh, his name is, it's either pronounced Jay or Jai Courtney. I think he's Australian. Um, yeah, he's a, he's going to be a good action star on his own in his own right. I wish they would let Jack McClane continue. Yeah, and do well, some diehard movies with him. Yeah, do you think maybe they they introduced uh, the son in this manner so it could move on? Well, Bruce Willis has already said in a recent interview that there will be a Die Hard Six. I'd be surprised if Jack McClane was not in it. Okay. Um. I mean, because that, that would be kind of the smart thing to do, especially it is a popular fan- franchise, and, you know, this this common cop who gets caught in these extraordinary events and still manages to... I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not laughing at you, Frank. I'm, I'm just... I see that scene in my head right now, <laughs> that one laugh that I keep talking about. I'm seeing it in my head right now, and I've got this big old grin. I didn't want Frank to think I was laughing at yeah. him because I'm not. That's... Uh, I, I can't wait. I'm I'm excited about this. And I, you know, I when I saw the trailer originally for it, uh, they were using I think it was Beethoven's Ninth, and they were they were repeating a few of the phrases yeah. in it to make it longer than it should have been. It made me laugh so hard yeah. that I was just like, I gotta see this movie. Yeah, I mean, it's enjoyable. I mean, it's I've seen crappier movies. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> that's always a bad review. I mean, I, I, that's the it least type a- of review I want. It's like. Eh. I didn't think it was a bad movie. I didn't think it was a crappy movie. There, Like John said, there were some dialogue issues that I was like, really? I can tell you this. I will buy the Blu-ray. I know, no shock there. 
but I will buy the Blu-ray and I will replay certain parts of it multiple times. <laughs> but there are things that I will skip. It has some of the most outrageous action scenes I've ever seen. If you recall in Live Free and Die Hard, there was that uh, the plane scene with the freeway. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah. That was so crazy. I was yeah. I was happy. You know, <laughs> there are some there are some crazy scenes like that. You're going to be very happy with some of these. Good. Uh, Wait a minute. I have to say something before we forget. Okay. <laughs> Did you see the Fast Six trailer? I have. I it didn't show it in front of my movie, but I have seen it. Yes. Okay. Have you heard the Fast Six news? Yes. Setting up seven? Yes. Now, do can we spoil that just for the sheer joy of it? Or do we do have it. to not just spoil do it? it? I, uh, I would say, especially because knowing how you and I feel about this one guy that we're <laughs> about to talk about. Okay. If you don't want to get spoiled by Fast Six, you might want to... Spoiler alert! Excellent. The, uh... You know the scene at the end of all the movies that kind of sets up the next movie? Mm-hmm. Well, ah. go ahead, John. I'll let you do it. The, the villain for Fast 7 will be introduced at the end of Fast 6, and it will, in fact, be Jason Statham. Yes! Oh! <laughs> you know, you had Vin Diesel in these movies, uh-huh. and then they brought The Rock in. You know, uh-huh. how cool is that? Now they're going to have... I'm assuming The Rock will be in number seven also. When is when is number six open, John? I do not know. I did not care until <laughs> you know, <laughs> just now. Yeah, you know, what I, you know what else I heard, which is really strange? Okay, the third Fast and Furious movie was called Tokyo Drift, right? It had nothing and now to do with the future, I think, right? Well, that's what I've heard. What I've heard now Talking is about the third that, one? Yeah, what I've heard now is that all of these other movies in the franchise all take place at a point in time previous to Tokyo Drift. Yes. One of the characters in Tokyo Drift dies but is in all of the movies after Tokyo Drift. Okay. So Tokyo Drift is set in the future if they have any sort of real continuity in the Fast universe. That's crazy. You know, it, it, that franchise is so fascinating to me because I know so many people uh, who d- have never seen it but despise it because, oh, it's just so common. And just, well, the ones uh, I've seen, I've really enjoyed. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I haven't seen it either. I haven't seen any of the movies, but the people, but the people who have seen it love it. They say it's a you, lot of fun. I when I had the the one job at the Best Buy service center, I got to watch Anchorman every day. I was forced to watch Twilight every day, and the other movie I got to see every day, other than Iron Man, was Fast Five. And there are some incredible action sequences in that movie. Yeah, and somewhere along the way, and and Russ uh, to bring up Russell again, he knows them pretty well and he enjoys them. I think one and two were like about street racing. And then it switches over to heist movies where they're planning these elaborate heists using the fast cars. Right. I think like you're somewhere right. it switches over. Like I saw Fast Five. It's the only one I've ever seen because I wanted to see The Rock and, and what that was like. And that wasn't like a car racing movie at all. To my you know, Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I think in the first movie, Paul Walker was the good guy going after Vin Diesel, the bad guy. Then, in the second movie, they join up together and they're quote kind of quote unquote both bad guys now. The bad guys you love to that you love <laughs> right you right know. you love to love yeah. And then right. the third one was the Tokyo Drift in the future. Hmm. And then I think with Fast Four is when the they started pulling heists. That's a hard word to say correctly. Like they like they um like they found a niche like they found yeah. their franchise niche will right. be a heist movie yeah. Right, and then Fast Five, The Rock was the cop chasing them. Right. And Fast Six, they're going to help The Rock catch somebody. And apparently Michelle Rodriguez is back. I didn't know she died. She died in one of the previous movies. She died in Lost, man. (laughs) It was years ago. Michael shot her. I I know. I saw the preview, and when they showed, uh, there was some line about, like... Do you believe in in ghosts? Yeah, do you believe in ghosts? And, And, like... Oh yeah, there were people in the theater wherever I saw it. But they were like, "No way!" When they showed her, yeah. 
Like there are people so invested. In I can't this. remember. It was cool. either number two this or number four when she died. Say, this is the part remember. where I laugh at you people. I can't remember which one it was. It's actually funny. Michelle Rodriguez was dead in the Resident Evil series too, and they brought her back for the last one. She <laughs> was true. Alone. It's like and then comic she died books, on, isn't it? She died on Lost, and she came back uh, in season six in the uh, other world. That's funny. All right, Johnny. Thank you for joining us, our friend. So our who friend. won? It was it was a draw. It was, it was a, three, a draw. A three way tie for last. Yeah. Four way tie. Well, I'm sorry. Three way tie for last is the uh, title of a great Minutemen album. So uh, go research that, people. So we, uh, I think we want to do a prediction show. Are we going to do a, a another prediction show? That was some of the talk, and what we thought we might do was invite another one of the other LOD guys on. Yeah. For that uh, prediction show. Yeah. So uh, I think it's still early enough in the year, but not Ken because he's too smart. No, we Darth <laughs> Morgus, yeah. right? We talk. We call him Darth Morgus. Yeah, Ken would get every prediction right. So sweet. We'll draw straws to see who the next. That's because guy he comes is. from the future Damn. to begin with. That's what I think. That's how he knows all this stuff. Hey, Johnny, great having you on. Thanks, guys. My pleasure. Talk Johnny, to you soon. you're the best, brother. No, you're the best. No, you're the best. Later. Oh, that was great. Bye, John. Bye, buddy. Bye. Let me pull out the old boilerplate. What What we're doing now to end the show is we're going to start playing songs from each of us that we each pick. Right. And uh, this week is Frank's turn. And Frank, uh, uh, tell us what your what your um. Song, song selection is. We are going to be playing the first track off a self-titled album called Caravan Palace. French electro swing and gypsy jazz. Now, I told you when we started this. Uh-huh. That's amazing. That it needed to be a serious choice and not dumb. It's a serious choice. You really it like not it? Done. Yeah, this is an album I actually heard about uh, probably about six months ago. What these guys do is they... They take and they modernize old jazz from the 20s, okay. but give it a techno sound and give it, it up, give it that pop feel. Yeah, and give it that pop feel. <laughs> I saw what you did there. All right, good, thank you. So this is the first song. I forget what this one's called, the first one. Do you have it up there? Dragons. Yeah, Dragons. So this is, this is Dragons. This is, a, this is an album I really like. That sounds fun. It's eclectic. It's, it's, uh, there's not a lot of uh, singing in it. It's just more jazzy and fun. And okay. this is the type of album I think you could uh, put in the background at a dinner party. You have some guys hanging out and just play it, and it's fun. And uh, I've even seen some people dance to this, and too. All of a sudden so you people, can't dance to it. People start uh, getting all hipstery to it, huh? Uh, it's, it is not hipster. Hipsters have not ruined oh. this yet, I'm glad to say. Okay. Is there enough uh, you, time you, before the. Lyrics? You can just play it. Okay. So go go ahead and start up and I'll read over. And here we go. Please enjoy Caravan Palace from their self-titled album Caravan Palace. Dude, you should totally be on NPR. <laughs> you rock that. I love NPR. I know you do. Every once in a while Windows That's Media Player that. will freak out on me. Yeah. And uh it's not And you guys you guys give me hell every week for doing exactly the same thing. You've been listening, but I'm going to forgive you. You've been listening to Half Hour Wasted, proud member of the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Visit the show's website at halfhourwasted.com, and don't forget to visit Four for Geeks. Leave us a voicemail at 972-798-3830. And until next week, I'm curious. I'm hungry. And I'm out of here. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>